This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Please take a moment, pause this podcast right now, and share it with someone you think would find this podcast interesting. We would really appreciate it. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, and find the different ways that you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And without further ado, let's get into the adventure you choose. Sit back, relax, get a you know nice glass of tea, water, you know, a cerveza if you're feeling it. Yeah. Call it a night and just and and then turn off the TV and let your imagination do the do the work. Let us let, do the work. Let us <laughs> do the work. Yeah. You you tell us where to go and all these books are on or most of these books are on archive.org. So if you are listening to this later, you can pull up the books and follow along with us and and we'll go through a new one today. So like Eddie explained too, also, we try to go through a new book every every time we do this so that every time you listen, you're getting a whole new story. Yeah. Life's too short to go on the same adventure. So we will let you go through. So we're reading Zork again. We read it through once last episode. And the idea is that we revisit each book two times like you would on a real choose your own adventure book. Because you're like, man, I didn't want to die like that. I didn't want to step on a banana peel and slip into a, lake full of electric eels that's not how this guy's going out and so you get a chance to relive your life and try it again so we go through each book two times with this being our second visit to this book we're gonna your humble narrators are going to be the ones to make the first choice um just to avoid any repeats and then from that point on it's up to you you to not die immediately <laughs> <laughs> al will kill us anyway no but you know we, we try not to even to the much chagrin of al yeah, fun fact of the show if you haven't paid attention al al really tries to kill us yes that's the running gag is al garrison from omug comics tries to make sure we die but every once in a while we can dodge the bullet see let's get started with zork and let's get to the first page here so i'll go ahead and get started and those of you that don't know, Zork is an old text-based adventure game. I put a link in the show notes for, you can still play it online right now, so I'll put a link in the show notes later. You can go play it and get an idea of what it was like for early text-based adventures in the 80s, where you had no graphics, oh, Eddie. All you had was text on the screen. No. no, you had the landscape of your imagination to help you out. And if you were even remotely skilled at art, like like our one friend, Al, our one friend, our one and only friend, Al Garrison, <laughs> is gifted at the uh, skill of art, um, you had to use your brain. You had yes. to use your brain, kids. Yeah. You couldn't just count on those 16-bit graphics. You had to count on the landscape of your mind to help you create this wonderful world in front of you at least yes. in this one you had a book that had some sketchy drawings in it to help you out so. <laughs> some mediocre black and white yeah. drawings but that was it but the computer game right? no graphics at all yeah like so uh anyway those were the days like this this copy we have looks very very 1980s too you remember that like a friend would like xerox a book for you and give it to you like here this one looks like it's a copy of a copy of a copy Yes, yes. Yeah, we can start when you're ready, man. All right, I'll get started. It was it was a warm, sunny day in early May. June and Bill were going home from school. They were wondering how to spend the afternoon. Should they bicycle to Lookout Pass in the hills outside of town or explore the deserted fort on the riverbank? They didn't really want to do either. They realized 
old games and old explorations, they simply weren't fun or exciting anymore. Bill and June discussed this feeling as they passed the unused water station beyond the schoolyard, its high brick walls hidden by a jumble of wild bushes. Suddenly, June stopped walking. What is it? Bill asked. I thought I saw something glowing there under the bush. June pointed at one particular thick and twisted bush. Bill was skeptical, but he followed June to the bush and helped her pull the branches aside. They both saw it at the same time. It's... It's a sword, gasped June. An ancient sword of elvish workmanship, added Bill. Again, Bill's an elvish sword expert. You know, he's that friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this looks elvish. Bill? (laughs) Actually, push up glasses. (laughs) This is is half elvish. This is actually. Ooh, you and the half elvish. Oh. Bill. All right, Bill. Like the one in the story we read in class today. Oh, we just happened to read about elvish swords at school today. So that that's probably how Bill Listen, knows. There's one thing we left out about the 1980 storytelling, Lee. What's that? And that's coincidence. Coincidence. That's coincidence. <laughs> uh, written into the narrative. It happens all <laughs> the time. It's like, oh man, the good thing. I think our teacher might be a centaur. We just learned about centaurs in <laughs> class a couple centaur. days ago. Our, our teacher's an elf. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Ooh. Let's see. He reached for the sword. Wait, June cried. It's a magical sword. It could be dangerous. Do you think Bill should take the sword? Go to page nine. Do you think Bill and June should ignore the sword and continue home? Go to page 13. Ooh. So last time we went there to we page go. nine. So this time... We're going to go to page 13. We're going to be wimps and say, you know what? Just leave that sword there for somebody else. This sword looks sketchy. I don't trust Bill as far as I can throw. Well, Bill. Let's just well, say. Well, Bill. So, so here we go. Is this me? It's you. With a last longing look back at the magical sword, Bill turns away from the hedge. He and June spend the rest of the summer of the day, sorry, watching TV Spring becomes summer, which passes by without excitement. Eventually, with the leaves beginning to show a hint of yellow, they return to school to begin another year. <laughs> there you go. The end. <laughs> We're done. Well, there we didn't go. die. We, we died there of boredom. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah. well, adventure came calling and you said no. You said no. The end. Yeah, I like how it says you stop here. Your score is zero out of ten. So in this book, you Ooh. got points for depending on how much, how many things you collected. But you probably deserve another chance. Go to page eight and try again. So they force you to take that sword. Well, There's you're not no like this. Yeah. How late? Yeah. <laughs> Al says lame. Like hey, lame. Spent the whole summer watching TV. <laughs> School he's just mad he didn't get to kill us yeah I uh, so i mean this is this is actually it ended quicker than i thought it would do we want to go back or do we want to take this as a chance to move on to the next book well i i wish i knew which uh decision we made last time or the second decision Let, let's look oh up. i think we can remember i think we Three. can so we go to page nine and then that says go to page 11 let's see so follow the let's knights look. to the campsite or follow find let's the old that. man yeah i think we found the old man, didn't we, last old time? Man. We went yeah. old man hunting. Okay. 
So Old Man Hunting was Al's uh, the title of Al's biography, autobiography. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Instead of yeah. Goodwill Hunting, Old Man Hunting. Yeah, so it was a sequel. It was a sequel to Goodwill exactly. Hunting. Exactly. Try, trying to find Al. <laughs> All right. So, or did we follow the knights? But I, th- I think we went to the old man. So we did the old man. That's fourteen. Yeah. Well, Bivatar, Geranda giggles as they walk toward the forest. I guess it's turning out to be an exciting day after all. I hope we're not getting into trouble, Geranda. Soon the forest surrounds them, but there's no sign of the knights or the campsite, they mention. The trees close in overhead, blocking out the light. The forest is damp and quiet, except for the chirping of a distant songbird. The trail narrows, winding so often that Bivatar and Geranda lose all sense of direction. I think I smell a campfire, Bivitar pulls Duranda down the trail. They break out into the deserted clearing where a dying fire sends thin fingers of smoke up through the treetops. There's no one here, says Bivitar. Look there, Duranda points across the clearing. There, the trail splits as it leaves the clearing. The signpost stands at the fork, and nailed to the signpost is a handwritten note. The note reads, Bivitar, Duranda. It brings joy to my heart to hear that, in the page, you have returned. Sir Elrond tells me, tells me that you, that he met you in the foothills and that you have the sword of Zork. We must hurry off to battle. The armies of Krill are massing again beyond the dam, and I fear they will attack before nightfall. We will go to Elrond's house as soon as possible. Meet us there with the sword, Soyovar. So, would you like to take the path to the house of Elrond, or would you like to take another path to Aragain Falls? So, House of Elrond or Aragain Falls are the two choices. So, let us know in the chat where we should go. Again, we we have to point out that Zork is taking some pretty giant liberties with some Lord of the Rings names here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> There are just I can't like believe copyright. How, how blatant it's you can tell. <laughs> okay, fall seems nice. Al's probably waiting. The going to the falls never killed anybody. Right? He just wants us to fall. He does. He's hoping the falls is wait for some boats to come in here. Yes. Too- yeah, let us know in the chat. We want to go to the so, falls yeah. or the house. Let us know where we should go. Yeah, that one, not choosing the sword. Yeah, we if we had this book in our hand, we would have been going back and starting over again. Oh, yeah. No, you, you know, sitting on the sitting on the porch in the summertime in 1980-something, you're going to like, oh, man, I guess that book's over. <laughs> yeah. Just fold it over and go back to bed. Let's go watch some Knight Rider reruns, you know? <laughs> Ooh, you have me at Knight Rider. <laughs> All right. I made a Knight Rider reference last night. Ooh. Uh, coincidence, right? I know, right? Ooh, a little synchronicity. Uh-huh. All right, okay. we're going to give it another about 20 seconds here, and we'll... Otherwise, we'll go to the falls. Go we'll... to the falls. Al will God just push us, us over to the falls and let us die. <laughs> a horrendous okay. water What's death. over there? What? Ah. Oh, that waterfall? That looks like a good grave. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, I meant I meant, uh, I meant uh, place to chill. <laughs> chill. Uh, take a bath. Mm. Uh, go swimming. All right. So the falls... Page 26. Page 26. The to quote Lee Searcy in 1986, I want to see the waterfall. Yes, B- Bivitar says, <laughs> Come on. As they head for Aragain Falls, the trail widens and the forest begins to thin. 
In some spots, sunlight filters down into the fern-covered forest floor. With a startling explosion of noise, a knight on horseback comes charging down the trail from behind them. It is the knight who spoke to them in the foothills, the one that Siovar referred to as Elrond. Run, he cries as he gallops past. It's one of Krill's most powerful warlocks. Come this way. He crashes off down the path in front of them. Looking back, Bivitar and Geranda see a dark, billowy shape approaching through the trees. Let's get out of here, Bivitar cries. Running as fast as they can, after the horsemen, they break out of the woods at the edge of a wide field. Beyond the field is nothing. Nothing. <laughs> as they watch, well, that's not, they don't help me out much here. As they watch, Elrond and his steed hurtle over the far edge of the field and vanish. Their legs aching and their chests pounding, Bivitar and Geranda run to the far edge, um, far edge of the field, of the field and yeah. see that a sheer cliff drops down hundreds of feet to a mighty river flowing through the canyon below. There is no sign of Elrond anywhere because he dead. Dead. <laughs> he be dead. Turning, they see a figure entering the field from the forest and walking toward them. Bivitar grasps the haft, the haft, which haft. we found out now is the handle, handle. Part. AKA the not handle. stabby part. Yeah. <laughs> right? Come on, man. You're just making words up now. But the approaching figure, a handsome young man that oh. people confuse for Lee Searcy, Uh-oh. <laughs> dressed in simple garb, seems both harmless and friendly. Hmm. So should we wait and meet the approaching attractive harmless man? <laughs> or should we leap off the cliff? <laughs> what? The way Elrond did. Yeah! <laughs> wow. That's Talk a about- bit... Going down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> that is some apples and oranges right there. That is, you couldn't get uh, couldn't, more, more far polar, away. Polar opposites. <laughs> Al says, why not do both? Why not both? Why not both? Grab the handsome whoa, whoa, man whoa. and jump over the cliff. <laughs> listen, listen, that's once again, that's one of the chapters in Al's book, Meet the Old Man. Oh, okay. Is is why not jump off a, a waterfall and meet a handsome handsome guy. man handsome man and waterfall let's put them together yep the handsome <laughs> man and the waterfall strange attractive men <laughs> never, never killed, killed anybody <laughs> oh man <laughs> al should write al should write the synopsis for like netflix murder documentaries <laughs> yes oh strange attractive man comes to your door what do you do oh yeah uh, speaking of choose your own adventure and netflix i would be remiss if i didn't point out that there's a, a more than a couple of choose your own adventure netflix shows yes yeah yeah there's like a survivor man type one where mm-hmm. you can tell him what to do there's a a minecraft kind of ip type of one I, i'm sure there's yep. more but there's a uh there's a uh, black mirror one. Oh, really Black Mirror oh. Bandersnatch, it's called. Oh, man. Who would have thought? it's really good. In 1986 or whatever, we would have, you know, videos that you could just select from your from your home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that you could play Choose Your Own Adventure on. Wow. All so, right. Okay. So, so we got a vote for the strange, attractive man. I believe that's Al's yeah. vote. So let's wait another, you know, few seconds. If anybody, you guys want to have your... 
your adventure considered. Get your votes in there. Let your voice be heard. You know what? <laughs> so much in this world's crazy. Why not jump into the... Oh, Jill, <laughs> Jill doubling down on the strange, strange man. <laughs> now, is this a strange man emoji? Uh, look, he well, has a mustache. He's dating me. So he... he has a mustache. Oh, that makes him strange. He has a mustache. Then... Run. run. Yeah, you just run. Just... My mom's ghost is like, don't trust him. <laughs> he's got a mustache. He's no good. Oh, man. Men with mustaches can't be trusted. Men with mustaches can't be trusted. All right, 41 it is. The approaching man waves to them in a friendly fashion and leaping into a deep canyon seems like certain death. So the two young adventurers decide to wait for him to reach them. When the man comes near them, Duranda calls out a greeting and begins to introduce herself and Bivitar. But the words freeze in her throat when the handsome young man begins to blur before her eyes. His outline wavers and his color, his color darkens. Slowly with a laugh, like rolling thunder, the warlock transforms himself into a giant bird of prey. Age? Black Don't as midnight, with talons as large as elephant tusks, enormous wings dripping Ooh. with unwholesome slime envelop the doomed heroes. Oh. Their last sight before they pass out from the, from the fetid odor of evil in the air is of tremendous fangs dripping with black poison. The end. Wow. Ah. <laughs> we didn't just die. We got like ate up. Yeah. Right? Wow. That illustration is disturbing. It is. It's like a mixture of a spider and a bird. So imagine a bird, wow. wings and talons, but spider head with fangs. That's... Well, this just goes to show you that Al was wrong. Strange, attractive men did kill. Did kill someone. Vivitar and... <laughs> but look at the... Miranda. We got two points. It says, if you stop here, your score is two out of ten. Two? So, you know, we died, but we got two points. Does that count? Well, you know, Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad, I suppose. <laughs> oh, man. That was that a good was... one. We're going to die. Yeah. I want to die with the drippy... Drippy poison fangs. Yeah, why not? Drippy poison fangs. That was your nickname Lord. at uh, alchemy school. All right. Drippy poison fangs <laughs> is my wrestling name. My wrestling name. Yeah. Don't, and I'm here. Don't forget it. Don't you tell me I can't read books because I can. Because <laughs> I can. I'm the We're going to bring crop. you a treat. Speaking of the cream. Some cream of the 80s crop. Some G.I. Joe. Yes. Up in your face. Now, I and would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't say that Carl Smith, fellow podcaster and friend, gave gave me this book to try out. So this is the Find Your Fate book, number one, G.I. Joe. And like we've said in previous episodes, once the Choose Your Own Adventure books came out, all the IPs, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Zork, Tolkien, whatever. They all had yeah. kind of their bend on on this type of genre. In classic 80s fashion, when Transformers came out, what came out right behind that? GoBots. Yep. You know? <laughs> Mutant Turtles come out. Like, Mutant Turtles, these kids will play with anything. <laughs> then it comes out like Street Sharks and Biker Mice from Mars and oh, Toxic man. Avengers. and Yep. Yep. Tomatoes uh, from planets killing me. It, it couldn't stop. It's just, uh, yeah, they just couldn't, you're right. They just couldn't stop. I can't stop <laughs> myself. 
Yes. But yeah, when the Choose Your Own Adventure books came out, and it's classic, and you've given the history, and this is a quick little synopsis again. The original people were like, we should make these in the books. They were laughed out of people's offices. Get out of here. A yep. book with more than one ending, you make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> don't even. <laughs> don't even throw him down the stairs. And then... <laughs> And then, in classic 80s fashion, hey, the kids love the book. The, the, quote, yeah. Jill and the, the, the children love the book. The children they love, love the books. They love the books. They love the books. And so people just start copying like their life depends on it. Yes. So oh, special yeah. thanks They're to a like, friend of the show, friend of ours, Carl. Yes. Carl oh, yeah. D. Smith. He's a good guy. Check him out. I'll put a link to some of his stuff in the show notes for later. And all his yeah. stuff. He's a prolific dude. But you're right. Once they found out these things were selling, like, where's that guy we threw out the other day? Get him back here. <laughs> Quick, get him back. Oh, yeah. And now Al's trolling me right here. I'd like to choose your own adventure with the best Transformer leader, Hot Rod. Oh, Al Garrison. Oh. Just dangling that stake in front of my face. You know for a while he's a murderer. Yeah. Hot Rod. Get him yeah. out of here. He just kills. He had oh, Prime yeah. killed on purpose. He wanted to take yeah. his place. Uh, uh, Eddie uh, wants to... Eddie wants to do a flying elbow to a hot rod off the top rope. Hot rod. Hashtag. Not my, not my transformer, not my Autobot leader. Yes. <laughs> I prefer my Autobot leaders to not be murderers. Yes. <laughs> That's my own <laughs> personal a, opinion. Just a personal preference here. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're going to say saying. what I like, I tend to veer away from murderers. <laughs> uh, Eddie would rather have a GoBot than a hot rod figure. I would rather be driven to school. By that scooter GoBot, <laughs> whatever it's God for Oh name man, was. what is that? Oh gosh, I, I think it was Scooter. Was it I scooter? think they were that? Oh man, no I, way. Anyone well, watch? Yeah, if you're watching, let us know. Maybe it was Scooter. Or look it up. I mean, but I would rather be driven to school on that godless abomination <laughs> than than be saved by Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> So if Eddie Sully my in, hands, uh, Eddie's being getting ready to be dropped into a, a vat of acid, and Hot Rod puts out his hand to save you. You're like, no, no thanks, no uh, thanks. I'll, I'll, I choose the acid. Choose uh, the all, all fun aside, I do have a Hot Rod transformer in my collection, but yeah. I do sneer at it when I walk by. I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, this is GI Joe, so this is this is different. G and GI Joe, the franchise. I'm okay with GI Joe. Except yes. they throw cobras through people's hearts in their movies. Oh, <laughs> <They're> like, yes. <laughs> the G.I. Joe movie. I remember it, I remember my mom was always reluctant with G.I. Joe. Oh, really? Because of the guns and stuff? Well, the guns, man. So many guns. And she was just like, listen, I'm making a compromise here with G.I. Joe because nobody gets hurt. That's what I pointed out. I'm like, mom, these guys, they may shoot their guns. But nobody gets hurt. Like these things are just like they're like it's like a laser light show with these guys. It's like Pretty a Pink much. Floyd concert. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, good point. She was watching the movie with us for whatever reason. This is like the classic, like, like all she had to do was not be there, but she was watching it with us when they straighten that cobra out and they throw it. Yes. And it goes into Duke's chest, just boom. And it's just like a fountain yes, of it blood. Is. Yes. And even I, as a kid, I'm like eight. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this, guy, this escalated quickly. And of course, your mom is there at that moment. Oh, man. I saw her face. She was like, what was that? <laughs> it was just game over. It was um, game. It was so funny. No more G.I. Anyway, <laughs> in this book, 
one of the first things they say in the very beginning. Welcome to the pit. Welcome to the pit. <laughs> yeah, you got to say it that way. Look at this cover, though. This is this is a pretty cool cover, though. You got to admit it. It's just it's a cool cover. I'm trying yeah, to decide what's happening. Is he throwing a punch? Is he trying to hit the Baroness? And he's like really. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like the guy behind him in yellow, I was like, he's turning the other way. I, I don't know what else is going on, but <laughs> I believe he was like the flamethrower guy. Like, yeah. what, what was his name? It was like I don't know. I I, I didn't collect a lot of GI Joe. It was like candlestick. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, candlestick. <laughs> We've noticed that they've kind of took a little bit of. They were really happy to get that license. Oh yeah. So this is 1985. Find your fate. Ooh. Cover illustration by Carl Kessler. Al probably hmm. knows who that is. He, he knows all the artists. So he really does. See. They uh, hang out. Welcome is. to the pit. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to the, the pit. pit. Your code name is Wise Guy. Maybe you should. I'm going to read this page just because I don't think I read it. So the underground headquarters of GI Joe is your new home. That's because you're about to become the newest member of the GI Joe team. Your code name is Wise Guy. Ooh. Which, if yeah. We stick to the choose your own adventure underlying tone. We are a wise guy. We're a smart aleck. We always seem to know everything. And we're nine. And we're nine. Yes. Yeah. We're a nine-year-old that the GI Joes have irresponsibly chosen to recruit. A nine-year-old. <laughs> hey, kid, what grade are you in? I'm in third grade. Sounds good. Sign <laughs> here. Camp's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love America. Get on board. This kid's wise guy. It's his nickname. That's his nickname. <laughs> yeah. That's your nickname, dude. <laughs> Oh. He makes me laugh. He's crazy. So your major talent is to think fast and make wise decisions under pressure, but your assignment is strategy specialist. A special G.I. Joe oh. squad is about to go into action. The mission will not be an easy one. As strategy specialist, it will be up to you to make sure it's a successful one. Read the directions at the bottom of each page, then make your decision about what to do next. If you make the right decisions, the team will score a triumph over the evil forces of Cobra, and you will be recognized as a hero. If you make the wrong choices, you'll wish you never joined the team. <laughs> Good luck, soldier. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. You're going to be hazed within an inch of your life, kid. <laughs> oh, no. man. So, yeah, you're a nine-year-old. You're coming to G.I. Joe. They're like, huh, how about strategy specialist? Let's put that on his name tag. He's like, hear me out. He's like, he's like, we're going to call this kid wise guy. Hey, man. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I still have my baby teeth. <laughs> They're like, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> sounds good. Somebody get this kid a gun. <laughs> yeah. get him. Oh, no. Man. Oh, man. That this is, is a awesome. bad idea. This is a bad idea. All right. I'll start this one off. Here we go. Can't you move any faster ripcord? What's your problem? Did you jump out of too many airplanes without a parachute? Ooh. Ooh. Burn. We're already insulting. Uh. Blowtorch gives Ripcord a playful shove as you follow a group of Joes through the armored corridor. Where's the fire, Blowtorch? Ripcord replies, sho shoving him back. That's a that's a weak response, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like <laughs> the Lame. other G.I. Joes laugh. They laugh They're like, haha. That was a weak response. You're walking through the second level of the pit. You got to wear these sunglasses. Otherwise, your face melts off. When you're in the pit. When you're in the pit, you got to wear these. Uh, toward the briefing room. It's 0600 hours on Sunday morning. Sunday? 
What? It's the weekend, guys. What are you doing? Take, take some time off. Wise guy doesn't have a day off. Wise guy. It's always on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nine. I have a 10th birthday in a week. <laughs> you, you can understand why your fellow G.I. Joes are a bit edgy. Why has Duke, your sergeant, called a briefing session at this hour? It must be important. You enter the low-ceilinged room and take your place around the long table. There are seven of you waiting in silence for Duke to enter. Hey, I smell smoke, Mutt cries, jumping up from his seat. What's burning in here? Turn to page two. Smells like burning rubber, Airtight says with a peculiar grin on his face. It's my boot, Mutt cries. He begins stamping his foot, trying to put out the fire. Airtight, you idiot. This is no time for your stupid practical jokes. Oh, so Airtight let lit his friend on fire. Oh, okay. In a meeting. <laughs> In a meeting. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to tell you, this: the 1980s, and this is wildly why a lot of kids had a bad notion of what it meant, like, meant, it meant to join the military. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Carolyn's in the chat. Hey, there's Carolyn. Tastes like burning. Yeah. Tastes like burning. It's like, listen, lighting your friends on fire, not a good prank. Not, no, not, no, not, 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 prank. not usually, except when you're nine and you got recruited by an army specialist. Airtight falls off his chair laughing because he's a sociopath. The other G.I. <laughs> Joes are laughing too because they are, they are sociopaths <laughs> as well. Mainly because it didn't happen to them because they're selfish. Uh. Blowtorch doesn't laugh. Fire's not a joking matter to him. Mutt angrily leaps at Airtight, but Snake Eyes pulls him back with a simple flick of the wrist. You shouldn't play jokes on Mutt, you tell Airtight, who is still laughing. Mutt spends so much time with dogs, he's likely to bite your leg. Ooh. Ooh. You're right. He gave his own mother rabies, Airtight shoots back. This is getting out of hand. This meeting is out of hand. Well, see, Carolyn made a good point. She said, don't set meetings at 6 a.m. on Sunday if you don't want to be set on fire. I mean, that's fair. She's not wrong. That's fair. This could have been an email. Yeah, yeah. Everyone laughs, even Spirit, who usually disapproves of rowdiness. But the laughter stops immediately when Duke enters. I think Spirit was the racially insensitive Native American G.I. Joe. He was the Native American one. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he had the eagle with him. And then you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Something about this feels wrong. <laughs> this feels like a little <laughs> bit of a stereotype. He was a lot like Apache Chief in the Super Friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the, once again, this is not yeah. excusing it at all, but it's funny because the 80s were like, man, we need to be more inclusive. I know. Let's take racial stereotypes and just make them part of the story. Time to get serious, guys, you say, rubbing a hand slowly through your, your short blonde hair. I've got a small job for you. That's Duke, sorry. Oh, that's Duke, yeah. Through his short blonde hair. Turn to page 20. What is the mission? Turn to page 20. Oh, it's one of those hop around books. Yeah, I think we're going to hop a little bit here at the at the beginning. Duke switches on the slide projector because it's 1985. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and a face appears on the screen. It is the face of a man with wavy white hair, piercing blue eyes, and a short cropped white mustache. It's Al Garrison. Oh, the man is dressed in a long white lab coat. Totally an Al Garrison move. This is Dr. Newton Fitzsimmons, Duke says. He is an Australian scientist. 
And this is Dr. Fitzsimmons' invention. He clicks to the next slide. It shows a small red metal device. It doesn't look like much, does it? But it's a heavy duty machine. Ooh. What is it exactly, Sarge, you ask? It's called a Star Raider. It's a nuclear anti-missile device, Duke answers. It can be launched from any kind of space satellite. You better believe that the boys in the Pentagon are real eager to see how this little beauty works. That's where we come in. We're going to uh, borrow it from the scientist, Airtight asks. That's too simple, Duke says. <laughs> We're not going to steal it. I wouldn't need you guys for that. Dang, Duke. Wow, Duke. <laughs> I feel like they didn't quite know who the characters were when they were writing this story. I, I think they're just like, make something up. Here's your characters. Now do what you want. Just use the characters. I don't care. We're not going to steal it. I wouldn't hired you guys for that. No, it seems that the Defense Department has invited Dr. F. Fitzsimmons to Washington. He's agreed to fly here and bring his plans for the Star Raider to show to the big boys at the Pentagon. Literally, they're like 6'9". Yeah, 6'9", 6'10". 400 pounds. And our job, you ask? Our job is to protect Dr. F during his visit to the U.S., uh, Duke says. You see, I've left out one little detail because this meeting is bonkers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cobra, it seems, knows about the Star Raider. And Cobra also knows about the doctor's visit to Washington. My guess is they'll try something, anything to get those plans for themselves. You look around the table at the GI. You mean like light their friend on fire? Are we yeah. the bad guys? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> Maybe we're the bad guys. Are we the baddies? At the GI Joe team that will be with you on this mission. Snake Eyes, silent master of the martial arts. Ripcord, the paratrooper. Blowtorch, the fire expert. Spirit, the soldier with special skills of a Native American medicine man. Dear God, forgive us for being so racially insensitive. Oh, wow. Airtight, who's a narcissistic sociopath lighting his friends on fire, fire. in meetings. <laughs> whose specialty is chemical warfare and whose hobby is practical jokes. That's a terrible hobby. Get a new one. Yeah. And Mutt, the feisty dog handler. That's all I said, the feisty dog handler. Dog Everybody handler? else got all this great. That's it. He that's handles all? dogs. Okay. Cobra should know better than to tangle with this group. <laughs> airtight lights his friends on fire Fire. think what he'll do to his enemies yeah good point duke presents you with two different plans for, pro for, for uh, protecting dr fitzsimmons and his invention as strategy specialist for the team with three whole hours of experience <laughs> you will have to decide which plan to put into operation turn to page four and with all of our baby teeth <laughs> with all of your baby teeth still intact uh, go to page four. All Where right. are you going to go? So here we go. Wise guy, for your eyes only. Ooh. For your eyes clad in pit vipers only. Oh, yeah. Operation Star Raider, two strategies. Plan A, in full view. Ob object, to throw Cobra off the track by doing what they least expect. <laughs> Lighting all your friends on friends fire. On fire. <laughs> Fitzsimmons' plane will land at Kennedy Airport in New York. He will then be taken to Washington. Fitzsimmons will arrive on parade day in New York City, a giant parade in honor of all the other parades that are held in the city is scheduled. Huh? A parade to honor other a parades? Parade? That's what I was thinking. What? 
A Did I read that parade, right? Yeah, a giant parade in honor of all the other parades that are held in this. Yes, a parade for the other parades. This is the most crazy parade I've ever what? heard. It's like Parade Inception. It's like, wow, what an idea. Parade within a parade. Okay. Uh, strategy. Don't try to hide Dr. Fitzsimmons. Have him ride in the parade up Fifth Avenue with the mayor in full view of everyone. At the end of the parade, route the mayor gets out. The car continues on, accompanied by the Joe team, to the meeting place in Washington. Rationale. Cobra will be totally surprised. <laughs> they hate surprises. Yeah. Also, it would be next to impossible for Cobra to kidnap Fitzsimmons from an official limo in the middle of a crowded parade. Or plan B, the mountain retreat. Get on Airbnb. Reserve a cabin. <laughs> yeah. Show Dr. Fitzsimmons a wonderful vacation of skiing and fun times. Fishing. <laughs> Fishing and <laughs> forest hiking. <laughs> Uh, objects to get Dr. Frank Simmons to the most hidden, secluded place possible. This text gets weird here. I gotta. Yeah, it's kind of blurry. Do you, do you want me to background. read? Background. Ooh, oh, my okay. eyes. Background. Snake Eyes owns a small cabin in the High Sierras because he's a classy guy. <laughs> Snake Eyes owns a cabin. That's awesome. So listen, I'm a martial artist. I work for Joe. I kill people, but I also enjoy a nice time out in the mountains and eat s'mores. Where he goes to escape from the world with his pet wolf. It is secret and secluded, and as far as is known, Cobra is unaware of it. Strategy. Take Fitzsimmons directly from the plane to the hidden cabin in the mountains. Have the Defense Department officials meet with him there and see his plans, and fly him back to Australia. Rationale. He can be gotten in and out of the country without Cobra ever knowing where he was. Also, the mountain cabin should be easy to defend against Cobra should they happen to find Fitzsimmons. So here we go. The choice is they really broke this down. The choice is yours. Which strategy? Plan A, which is stick him in the parade of all parades, or plan B, hide him in Snake Eyes' vacation home. <laughs> Let us know in the chat. In the parade, inside a parade, or the cabin. That's awesome. They did a good job of setting it up, I guess, and it sounds very militaristic, I guess. Lack of a better word. It's a little discombobulated, but okay. We got one one vote for the uh, the Fonzie of plans. Plan A. Snake eyes is Ron Swanson. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is. Okay, Jill said Plan A. Carolyn said yeah, cabin. one for Ooh. Plan B. Flip that. I can't I can't believe that Al, who's so determined. Now, since he's Australian, we have to flip an Australian piece of currency. Oh, you're right. I think for them it's Let's see. I it's like the uh, salt wheels. Australian. There we go. Let's use the fifty cent Australian Ooh. coin if we have to flip. We'll give it a few more seconds though, just in case. Let us know in the chat. Plan A oh, or Plan hey. B. I think Al did vote. Parades never killed anyone. Oh, that's what. There it, it is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Never mind. So we're doing the parade. <laughs> Parade. That Everyone loves a double, 50, triple, quadruple parade. Fifty-four. So I'll read that. Yeah, parade. Let's 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 hide him in plain sight. Let's do a parade about the parade. And then he'll never know. All right. You know, seriously, like who doesn't love a parade? I guess. 
Nice weather for parade day, you say, as you and GI Joe team, you and the GI Joe team roar onto the runway at Kennedy Airport on your turbo cycles. Hey, Blowtorch, what in blazes are you doing with that flamethrower? We were issued automatic pistols for this gig. Sue me. <laughs> That's funny. You got your blowtorch. We're supposed to have pistols. <laughs> we're keeping a low profile here, guys. Here's your pistol. We're riding giant motorcycles with flamethrowers on our backs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nobody will notice. Well, fine. Yeah, yeah. Sue me. I'm, I'm, old fa- I'm an old-fashioned type of guy, blowtorch replies. You hear a roar above you. It's ripcord hovering over the runway in an unmarked skycopter. Here comes Dr. F, you say. You see a white-haired man walking down the steps carrying a small gray dog. You hop off your turbo cycle and run over to the scientist. This way, doctor. We have a car waiting to take you to the parade in the city. Dr. Fitzsimmons smiles. He has been briefed on the plan. This is Franz, he says, holding the dog up to you. I never go anywhere without Franz. A few minutes later, your motorcade, Dr. F, and Franz in the back of a stretch limo surrounded on all sides by G.I. Joes on turbo cycles, speeds down the Grand Central Parkway towards Manhattan. Hey, wait a minute, you say to yourself. What are those men doing on the overpass up ahead? Turn to page 55. You see a group of men carrying some sort of equipment on an overpass above the parkway. Are those high-powered rifles they have up there? You have only seconds to act. Should you put your turbo cycle into overdrive and roar up to the overpass to see what these men are up to? Or should you signal ripcord in the skycopter to investigate? All right, everybody. Do we ride up ourselves or do we signal to ripcord to investigate? Huh. To ripcord or ride. Just like the just so, like the wise men had to decide. We gave the nine-year-old an automatic pistol and a turbo cycle you know why not yep yeah it's 1986 you know that's what everybody gets when they turn nine here's this turbo cycle and a gun (laughs) 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 let's see oh carolyn says ripcord al says signal ripcord because you never break the motorcade oh al his, his Al, and invoking his uh, experience there. He's the strategy specialist, not a nine-year-old with baby teeth. He's the wise guy. Yes. But okay. the weird part is he still has some baby teeth. <laughs> Al still has baby teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to be page 11. We'll give it another second here. I think here, that but... would give it another second, but I think that would maybe be majority depending on yeah, that's true. Unless we had... how we're looking. All right. So page 11, Eddie. 11 it is, your eyes on the overpass ahead. You signal ripcord on your helmet radio. A few seconds later, he calls down his report. No sweat, wise guy. Just a bunch of engineers with surveying equipment. By the way, uh, engineers don't have surveying equipment. That would be surveyors. Ah, I want to point that out. Okay. Push up your glasses and say, actually. Actually, you're wrong. (laughs) G.I. Joe. (laughs) Wise guy. Why the guy? You breathe a sigh of relief that Ripcord has no idea what an engineer does <laughs> as the motorcade <laughs> speeds under the overpass. The rest of the uh, of the trip to the city is uneventful. Soon after, you are introducing Doctor Fitzsimmons and Franz to the mayor of New York. 
Thousands of people lined the sidewalks as the parade day, as the parade day parade begins. Wow. Parade day parade. Parade, parade day parade. Oh man. Or food day food. A marching band starts up a Sousa march as you help the scientist into the back of the limo next to the grinning mayor. Just wave to the crowd and enjoy the parade, you tell Dr. F. We'll be with you all the way. The driver pulls the limo behind a gigantic flowered float that depicts the Statue of Liberty standing on top of the Empire State Building. You and the G.I. Joe team follow on your turbo cycles. This is a piece of cake, Blowtorch yells, jinxing the entire mission. <laughs> to, to you about halfway through the parade route, the crowd cheers and boos as the mayor's car slowly goes by. Ooh, a mixed crowd there. Wow, yeah, I guess so. You are about to agree with your teammate when suddenly everything starts to go wrong. See? Way to go. See? You spoke too soon. Turn to page 85. We gotta go. You spoke too soon. Way to go. As a strategy specialist, you shouldn't say that, Blowtorch. You hear a loud squeal of tires. The mayor's limo suddenly swerves to the right. Look out! The car is going right into the crowd, someone screams. People frantically leap out of the way. The limo roars into the shrieking, horrified crowd. It crashes through a police barrier and keeps going down a side street. They're kidnapping Dr. Fitzsimmons, you scream to the others. You realize that the limo driver must be a Cobra agent. Ooh! Oh! But Didn't the- think to check. We're a strategy specialist. We should have known this. I know. Should have planned for that one. Come on. Let's go get him. You like a GI Joe is one of the Joes is not the driver. Uh, Yeah. Snake Eyes is not the driver. Didn't check that background. Come on. But you have to go slowly to get through the crowd of shocked onlookers. Several injured people are lying in the street and people are trying to help them. It takes forever to get your cycles through the tangle of people. I picture you just club driving over other people. I don't care if that old lady's here. We're driving over her. We're driving over. And when you finally do, the limo is out of sight. Oh. Turn to page 48. I'm only nine. I'm only nine. You trusted me just to it. That's your fault, not mine. All right. The limo seems to have slipped away from the go- from you guys, but I'm still tracking it. It's the voice of Ripcord coming through your helmet radio from the skycopter above. They're heading up Madison Avenue at about 50th Street, and they're moving. You guys better get the lead out. Over. You signal your fellow team members and throw your cycle into overdrive. We haven't been in overdrive this whole time. Come on. Shame on you. We have these cycles. Why don't we have them in overdrive? It's crazy. Cars and taxis squeal out of your way as you blast your way up the avenue at full throttle with reckless abandon. Soon the limo comes into view a couple of blocks up ahead. You pull out your auto pistol. Oh, boy. Man, I feel like we're being really irresponsible. (laughs) But there are too many people around like we care all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. And too many cars in the way to shoot at the escaping limo. And you certainly don't want to take the chance of hitting Dr. Fitzsimmons, the only human we care about in this whole scenario. Exactly. We don't care about innocent bystanders. They're heading into the Central Park now. Nice day for a picnic, 
ripcord reports. Man, he's still cracking jokes, cracking jokes. And he apparently can't pronounce his G's at the end of things. He's just that cool. <laughs> it won't be a picnic for them when we get there, you scream into the radio. Ooh. Ooh, shade. A little vengeance coming out of us. Uh-huh. What do they plan to do with Dr. Fitzsimmons in Central Park? Will you get there in time? Turn to page 49. You race up the park drive after the speeding limo. Joggers leap out of the way. The limo smashes through a wooden grandstand set up for a bike race and keeps right on going. It pulls right onto the sheep meadow, the large grassy area in the center of the park. Look over there, Spirit yells, a cobra helicopter. The limo screeches to a sudden stop. The back door is shoved open. The mayor carrying a pistol for the mayor. The mayor? Got to the mayor. Ooh. Forces Dr. F out of the car. The mayor is obviously an imposter, a Cobra agent in a very convincing disguise. Oh, okay. The real mayor must be in Cobra's clutches right now. Your companions leap off their turbo cycles and raise their weapons. Hold your fire, you scream. You might hit Dr. F or even worse, the dog. The dog, yeah. You hear a loud roar overhead. An army skycopter is landing right next to you. I took the liberty of ordering up some transportation for you guys. You hear Ripcord say through the radio in your helmet, it could be time for a chase scene. Ripcord may be right. You watch as the limo driver and the fake mayor shove Dr. F into the Cobra helicopter. Suddenly, the scientist dog leaps out of Dr. F's arms and scampers away. Franz! Oh, he's not German. <laughs> Franz! Franz! Dr. F cries. Turn to page 14. These leap arounds, man. Ah, oh, they're going everywhere. Some, give me some choices here, uh, wise guy. The Cobra agent ignores Fitzsimmons' pleas to retrieve the dog. The helicopter door closes, closes behind them, and the Cobra chopper lifts off the ground, kicking up a swirl of dirt. Suddenly, Airtight runs after the chopper. I'm going to hold on to the runner. I'll be waiting for him when they land. Airtight, you hot dog. I call him a hot dog. Oh. You, you scream, <laughs> pulling him back. I'll work out the strategy for this operation. And holding on to a helicopter runner is not it. We've got to get that dog back, Mutt yells. I got a feeling that dog's real important. Wise guy, let the rest of the team chase after him in the skycopter. We'll get the dog and then catch up. You've got to decide what to do fast. Should you forget about the dog and order all six of you to pursue the Cobra kidnappers? Or is it possible that Mud is right? Maybe Dr. Fitzsimmons brought the dog along for a reason. If so, you could let Spirit, Snake Eyes, Blowtorch, and Airtight follow the kidnappers in the Skycopter while you and Mutt go after the dog. Go after the dog? Turn to page 28. Forget about the dog and go after the Cobra Copter instead? Turn to page 45. 44. To dog or not to dog? Dog or not to dog? Hey, listen, wow. if you watched Men in Black, I think it was the first one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the pet holds that secret, man. Yes. Yes. Maybe. What was, the, I don't know. what was the cat's name? Cosmos or something like that? Or It was like Orion. Orion, yes. Orion. The secret is with Orion, I think. All right. 
So let's see. So we got. <laughs> oh, one dog, for, one vote for go for the dog. One vote for get to the chopper. The chopper. <laughs> yes. Al showing his predator preference there. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so we have a split vote here. Let's see if we have one more come in and break this out. Or otherwise, we got to. Oh, man. That's crank awesome. out our you choose coin. Going to use the Australian 50 cent piece. Biddy. All right. So, yeah, go for the dog or heck with the dog. I like how we're just giving orders to everybody. We're nine. Just yelling at him. I mean, look look at the illustration. Yeah. He's like yeah. rip cords reaching for the helicopter and your little nine-year-old. And they draw you like a nine-year-old kid. They do. You're only like four foot six. <laughs> You're like, stop it. I'm stop the one it. in charge here. I'm in charge here. You do what I say. Where's with the your Twinkie? gun? With your gun, yeah. A nine-year-old exactly. with a gun. Oh, man. Like, All this right. is my nap. We're past my nap time. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Are we, we going to have to flip a coin? That's a milk and cookies. That's for sure. We have right, another so, vote on this one. Oh, we'll leave it up to fate. Okay, here we go. So ooh, we ooh, want ooh. heads for dog, tails for choppa. Heads for dog, tails. Although dogs have tails. Ooh, Maybe we should boy. say. Tails for dog. Heads Tails for, for puppies. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, coming screaming in over the ropes like the ultimate warrior. <laughs> uh, dog. Carolyn. So, dog. Dog. Go after the dog. I also want to point out Jill's uh, excellent use of emojis again. Oh, yes. Look at that. Throwing that on there. All right. Um, or, uh, 28. All right. That's me. Dog. 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 And save the dog. Okay, Mutt, I must be out of my ever-loving mind, but let's go after that dog, you yell over the roar of the Cobra Chopper as it lifts away. The rest of you guys get going after that chopper. They run to the Skycopter. A few seconds later, they lift off in pursuit of the kidnapped scientist. You and Mutt run across the sheep meadow, asking picnickers and sunbathers if they've seen a gray terrier. No one can remember seeing one. Then suddenly you see the dog digging in the dirt in front of the metal fence. Quick, you cry to Mutt. If the dog gets under that fence and escapes into the trees, we'll never find him. Franz, Franz, Mutt calls gently. Don't worry, wise guy. I know how to talk to dogs, Franz. Here, Franz. The dog stops in frantic digging and turns around. Mutt keeps talking softly as he approaches. The dog stares back at him without moving. There, I've got you, boy. Mutt picks up the dog, and the dog licks his face. You breathe a sigh of relief. Okay, Mutt, you get a soft assignment now. Take Franz back to the pit for safekeeping. I'm going back after to the Dr. Pit. F. Get the pit. I'm going after Get a tiny Dr. pair F. of pit vipers for that dog. <laughs> <laughs> I like how at the end, I'm going after Dr. F now with exclamation point. Turn to page 50. Yeah, cracking cracking some knuckles. All right, page 50. We're going to see what this nine-year-old can do. All right. People scramble out of the way as Ripcord breaks his skycopter, brings his skycopter down in the middle of the sheep meadow. Need a lift, soldier, he yells. You climb into the chopper. Let's get going, you tell him. The Cobra agent agents have a head start, but we'll catch up to them. You pull a small radio device from your pocket. I put a transmitter and a microphone on Dr. F before he climbed into the limo. Let's see what we can pick up. You activate the device and wait a few seconds. 
The tracer is working. They're heading north, you say, but the mic isn't picking up. Any- I like how you spelled Mike, M-I-K-E. Huh. Oh. Typo. But the mic isn't picking up anything. Maybe they're too far away. Ripcord guides the skycopter directly north. After a while, you're flying over thick forest near the New York-Vermont border. Hey, look down there. That's some, ho- that's some hotel, Ripcord yells. You look down and see two sheer rock cliffs divided by a wide blue river. Standing on one, of the cli- on one cliff is a tall fortress of stone and steel. Trees grow almost to the edge of the other. You look and at the readout from the tracking device. Cobra's got the doctor in that fortress, you say. I knew Cobra had a hidden fortress up there. That place is not going to be easy to crack. Turn to page 51. Where do you want to land, wise guy? We can't float around up here all day like we're, getting, we're likely to get blasted, Ripcord says, his eyes on the gravy fort- gray fortress below. You got gravy for- fortress. Yeah, I know. Gravy fortress. Maybe the weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> a fortress Master full of gravy. a mountain run. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an important decision to make. You should land on the side of the cliff the fortress is on, or should you land across the river on the side with the trees? Landing on the fortress side would be easier than landing in the trees, but on the other hand, the trees will give you cover in case Cobra is expecting you. So here we go. Do we land on the fortress side? Or do we land on the forest side? Fortress or forest? To fortress or to forest? Forest. What shall it be? (laughs) Trees. Carolyn's already chimed in. So we got one vote for trees. If anybody wants to tackle the fortress. Oh, split here. We'll see. We got another one coming in. Oh, Al says for. I like how we knew as a strategy specialist, I knew Cobra had a hidden fortress up here. <laughs> it been nice to know a little earlier. We're doing the thing, man. We're doing that thing where it's like, yeah, it turns out oh. this and this and this. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Oh, I already knew yeah, that already. You knew this? Yeah, yeah I knew that. Well, oh, yeah. You know? yeah. 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 yeah I you, know didn't know, right. you, you didn't know this? I, I, I knew this. <laughs> Right. Uh, that guy. Oh, fortress again. Oh, even a fortress got, emoji. Man, she finds emojis I didn't know existed. <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was a fortress emoji. How does she do this? All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think she makes them. Um, fortress 75. And That's we're like, sweet. we're getting into this sucker. We're getting deep. Where's our other skycopter, you ask? We better find out where the others landed before we decide where to come down. Ripcord tries to raise them on the radio, but there's no reply, no signal at all. Looks like we're on our own, wise guy, Ripcord says quietly. Well, I feel lucky today, Ripcord, except for all the bad luck we've been having. Yeah, so far. Bring her down as near to the fortress as you can. We're going in with our machine guns blasting. Wow, we waste no time. (laughs) Let's go kill people. That's your plan? That's your strategy? <laughs> go That's, <laughs> That's your plan? I have my lives. Our lives are in the hands of a nine-year-old maniac. <laughs> we're, we're like Ray on Ghostbusters. Get her? That was your plan? Get her? Get her? Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll take them by surprise, Ripcord says, with zero confidence in this nine-year-old, nine-year-old. strategist. 
man. guiding the chopper down. They're probably not accustomed to anyone being that stupid. I mean, brave. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a, that's, that's a little ouchy, but true, it's, but earned. Yeah, it's true. The gray steel fortress shines in the sunlight as your skycopter lowers in the afternoon sky. Will you land safely? Turn to page 64. I mean, I assume we were. Now I'm worried. I, yeah, I don't know. 64. Uh-oh. Hey, look out! Ripcord yells suddenly, pulling your chopper up. They've got rocket launchers! Look, let's pause for a second. We're outside of a global terrorist organization who has a fortress in the forest, and we didn't stop to think as a strategist that maybe, just maybe, they might have a rocket. Yeah, yeah. Just we're, one. We're strategy specialists, you know, recruited yesterday. How could we not know this? It quick pans over to Duke, and he's like, I may have made a mistake hiring <laughs> <Yeah>. a nine-year-old <laughs> strategist. <laughs> who hired this guy? <laughs> who hired this guy? Is it me? Oh, is it me? Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, they've got rocket launchers. A whole wall of them. Kaplow. Kaplow. Don't just plow your snow. Kaplow your snow. Kaplow it. With G.I. Joe, welcome to the pit rocket launchers. <laughs> yes. Ripcord tries to maneuver your chopper, your chopper away, but you are too near the fortress. The rocket launchers are locked on target. You cannot escape the deadly rocket fire. Your luck has run out. Has it ever kicked in? Yeah, that's like, when did it start? <laughs> <laughs> Cobra has blasted you out of the sky. Will they soon have Dr. Fitzsimmons' plans to make their victory complete? You'll never know. Because you killed yourself and Ripcord <laughs> in this hasty, poorly planned out attack. But we had our machine guns. That's what we were planning on. Go in blazing, dude. They'll never see it coming. They won't even. <laughs> They'll never see us coming. Oh, wait, because we're going to be atoms here in a few seconds. Oh, uh, they'll never see us because we're going to be incinerated. Uh, that was yep. good. That was good. Yeah, like Carolyn putting a little, little, little cherry on top. That's why you're supposed to go into the trees. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, you know, you know, what do you expect when you're nine and you still have your baby teeth? You know, those baby teeth are working against you on that one. Yes. Like, Just do it. Just do it. Come on. Oh man. I remember so much of my video game strategy as a kid being that way. It was like, let's just destroy this go in. Just, just go, go in. in. Start Leroy shooting. Jenkins, this thing. Leroy Jenkins, yes. Just oh, Leroy man. Jenkins all day. Uh, that was oh, good man. though. <laughs> we'll, I'll we'll, in with Go Joe. Go Joe. <laughs> uh, yo Joe. Yo Joe. But you know, yeah. you can tell if you were nine and reading this, this would be right up your alley. I mean, think of the ending. The ending, like public service announcement after this kind of episode. I'd be like, all right, kids. All right. Today, wise guy and ripcord went to heaven. Or maybe hell. Yeah. We yeah. don't know. We don't know if they were <laughs> saved or not. The oh, point man. is. <laughs> the point is, don't listen to strangers. Don't take candy from strangers. strangers. Remember how the lesson didn't seem to yes. line up with the episode? No. no, it did not line up at all. Yes, you're no. exactly right. This, yeah. Like, well, it turns it. out, wise guy died in a fire explosion. Hey, kids! What? Whenever you're uh, home alone because your parents are latch, you're a latchkey kid. <laughs> yeah, 
This is what you do. Don't open the door for anybody. Don't open the door for strangers. Just like Wise Guy. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wise Guy didn't make a bad, didn't make a good decision. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Wise Guy displayed poor Detroit decision making skills. You know the thing that's funny here is on the cover, they there is who I believe to be. Um, all these characters are not in the story. That's Roadblock. I know that that's much. Roadblock. Well, the flamethrower guy, I think that that was um, Blowtorch. Yeah. So okay. So one third of the characters on the cover. When I think Baroness shows up later, so I, if you get oh. that choice, uh, don't well, forget to yeah. hug your mom and brush your teeth. Yeah, there you go. GI Joe. Yeah. Wise guy exactly. made a poor decision, but you can make a good decision today by hugging your mom and brushing your teeth. GI Joe. <laughs> Wise job, guy Caitlin. will never be able. Wise guy will never be able to hug his mom or brush his teeth again <laughs> because he's dead. But he's you dead. can. You can. Make sure to show your mom you love her <laughs> and brush your teeth. GI Joe. <laughs> oh, that was fun. So. Yeah, that was super fun. We'll do this one again in two weeks. At least the dog is safe. Yeah, that's true. Franz, Franz was safe. You right. can't kill the Franz dog. Franz is all right. Right. Yeah. He didn't get shot out of the sky by rockets. Right. At least yeah. uh, <laughs> Mutt's watching it all. He's like, ah, finally. I have the pet dog I've always wanted. Always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you, everybody, in the chat. It was great. Always love it when we have people in the chat. Makes it obviously way yes, more fun. Always more fun. And thank you if you're listening to this later. We appreciate it. You can go to youtubespodcast.com, yeah. find all the different ways to get in touch with us, listen to past episodes, share it with a friend, whatever. We really appreciate it. So, as always, right. yep. Thank you yeah. for tuning in. And until next time, you, you choose the choose adventure. Choose your own adventure. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. It means a lot that you took the time to hear what we have to say. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com for all the different ways you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And until next time, you choose the adventure. Should we give them a little uh, backstory we were going to record last week? Sure. Yes. Go um, ahead. And then I came into contact with what I'm assuming, using my best scientific knowledge, is space cooties. Space cooties. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Yes. It so if space cooties. If you're a kid of the '80s, you brought out your chemistry set. You got some blood samples. You know, yep. you're, you're you're a doctor by nine. If you remember those toys, they had a toy called My Mad Scientist, and you could oh, make yeah, yeah, like you could cover their skeleton with like this weird Play-Doh stuff, and then like play with them, like ooh, and then you yeah. would stick them in this like acid, and it would cook off the skin. I was like, man, only in the 80s would they make a toy <laughs> that can create life. Let's hand a kid a, a jar of acid. <laughs> let's just give him some hey. acid. Hey, you know, kids are dumb. We'll sell them some acid and see what happens. Um, but no, I was viciously ill. Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't the COVIDs. I got tested three times. Not once, not twice. Three times. Thrice. <laughs> oh, wow. Still, and, uh, no, no COVID, but I was down for the count. Yes. It, it was like someone genetically created a perfect Eddie illness. It like took the life out of me. I was shambling around the house like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Eddie just walking the around. Ghost of Eddie. I mean, I had no energy. I could barely, I mean, dude, like 
Jill, God bless her, came and took care of me for uh, a better part of a week. Because I, at one point, was like, call the coroner. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my, get my will ready. (laughs) I'm ready to go. Call Lee, call Lee, let him do a podcast on my tombstone. I'm heading towards the light. (laughs) I'm heading towards the light. I can't quite tell where I'm going. But yeah, I was really ill. So we could not, we did not record last week. And then you, lucky, lucky boy, Lee, were at Rainbow Comics in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yes, that was great. Hanging out, um, talking to folks. Yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. Talk, talked to lots of people that remember the books and handed out some stickers and did some high fives yeah. and all that fun stuff. It's never a wasted day when the high fives are exchanged. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, but uh, now we've given me another week and my voice is back and I don't want to jump off the building and end it all. So <laughs> you're not a ghost. You thought I'm you not were a ghost. A well, what? I see dead people. I'm I, I'm I'm a real boy. You're a real boy. <laughs> you got. Um, speaking of getting pinned, Eddie, you almost got the three oh. count, and I think you got some fun glasses for us. Oh, I do. Because today, ooh, ooh we're gonna go to the pit. <coughs> uh, see a little bit of leftover. <laughs> yeah, see, we're going to the pit. <laughs> we're going to the pit, and you'll see what we mean a little bit later in the show. Gonna win. Until the then, look out. If it ain't pit. It ain't spit. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Uh, our best um, Randy Macho Man Savage impersonation. I don't want to. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he could talk like the that. The cream rises to the top. To the top. Yeah, it always rises to um, the top. Anyway, so to give you, if you're a new visitor to the show, uh, first of all, if you're brand new, where have you been? This show is blowing, <laughs> blowing up. Uh oh. Uh, uh, Lee had come up with this great idea. We had a great idea a couple of years ago now yep. uh, to do a live show where we would read a choose your own adventure book and let the audience choose the adventure. Yes. Um, the pandemic came and visited its wrath upon us. And so <laughs> us being a fairly intrepid podcasters, we're like, Hey, let's not let a little thing like the apocalypse stop us. <laughs> exactly. Let's just do this. So we took it online. And so now we have you choose live where we will go through a choose your own adventure story. And you, the viewer or listener, if you're catching us after we go live, can scream at your radio or your uh, phone and tell us what choice you want us to make. So um, (laughs) Al Garrison. (laughs) Al Garrison. Apocalypse apocalypse never killed anyone. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Um, 